The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's Arnold Palmer Invitational. And joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. What's up, Greg? Another week. The, this is the this time on the PGA Tour schedule is this is a, it's crazy. It's the Arnold Palmer Invitational. I mean, it, it's like we've had major championship like events just week after week after week. It's uh, the the game keeps on giving. So happy to be here again. Not stopping anytime soon with the players next week. So there's, there's actually a couple of golfers who probably opted to use this week as a, a, a little bit of a, a week off, a little bit of rest. But we'll talk about that in just a second. Sia Najad is here. Sia, how's it going? I'm excited, too. I mean, this is the Florida Swing. I live in South Florida, so hopefully hopefully I'll, I'll be making my way over to one or two of these events. But not this weekend, but I'm excited. Okay, yeah, we've got this weekend, we've got the players, then we've got Honda in that order, and then I don't, I don't know what comes after Honda. Something else? I It'll think be- uh, the match play, the WGC match play. This is stacked and every then week. Valero and then Masters. <laughs> Masters will be here before you know it. Uh, here's what else will be here before you know it. Year-long subscriptions to Sportsline. I, I've got them. I'm handing them out right now. Last week's winners, Party Like a Bus, and Bracketologist 3. Oh, this March, probably good time of year for Bracketologist 3. Those are winners for Sportsline subscriptions. And if you would like a free year to Sportsline, absolutely for free, here's how you enter. All you have to do is leave a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcasts version of The First Cut. Drop in a player to win this week's Arnold Palmer Invitational. Leave us your Twitter handle. And, of course, tw- follow at First Cut Pod on Twitter so that we can get a hold of you, get access to award-winning picks and the patented sports line model. Pretty cool. Bay Hill this week, gentlemen, uh, an absolutely iconic staple on the PGA Tour, Greg. It's Bermuda grass. It's a par 72. And last year, it was the most difficult course on the PGA Tour. I don't think it's going to happen again this year. That was kind of an anomaly. Terrell Hatton won at four under par, but uh, it's certainly not going to be a small task either way. No, it gets uh, it can definitely get challenging. We have similar to last week, we have a lot of penalty areas. I, I don't think it's quite as many, but it definitely comes into play. And you're going to be dealing with all week long hitting along uh, and over penalty areas, and it can get really challenging. I mean, you think of Sung Im last year on um, the 13th hole where he leaves it, he's got 100 yards in, and it's a front hole location, and the greens are really firm, and you got to land it right on the front edge. And he lands it short and ends up in the water, and it probably costs him the tournament. So it, it um, the the margins are really slim, like we talked about yesterday, Rick. Um, it, it's it's slim. It leaves for drama, and it really all depends. The scoring depends on wind and firmness of greens. If the wind's up mm-hmm. and the greens are really firm, scoring's not going to be very low. Um, and if if it's a little bit softer, the guys can take advantage of it. Yeah, that's best basically what happened last year. I'm I'm happy that Greg, you know, brought up the fact that, you know, you can you can find the water off the tee here, Sia. There's some danger holes, lurking nine holes, in fact, with uh water in play in some form or fashion. So are there any particular skill sets that you're looking for this week, types of players that you think might be able to find success at Bay Hill? I mean, I'd like a guy that's a little accurate off the tee because I am a little worried about half the course having water hazards, particularly when you factor in the wind. I think a lot of the European players who are going to be you know, used to the wind, obviously, are, are going to fare maybe a little bit better here than they would at, at, a, at a neutral uh, course. But yeah, I mean, second shot golf course, I think scrambling is going to come into play a little bit too, of course. But you know, I'm definitely looking for guys, especially with the long irons, I'm looking for guys that can strike it between you know, 175 and 200. 
as I tend to do, Greg, I ran the model. I ran the regression yes. model. I said, what types of players have had success at Bay Hill in the past? And there are two stats that stood out more than most. And they Can are just sure. Yeah, they are, they are music to my ears. Go ahead, guess. Yeah, this is going to be uh, strokes gain off the tee and strokes gained approach the green. Greg, that is why you are just the – that's why you are the real GFD right there. <laughs> Those are the two. Uh, yeah. In fact, there is only one other course on the PGA Tour where strokes gained off the tee is more important than it is at Bay Hill, and strokes gained approach was also a top-five stat. There was a large gap between those two and the rest of the common stats that we get on the PGA Tour. Uh, so, yeah, we're looking for ball strikers, which, Greg, I yeah. mean, that's – that's what we do every week, but it's like I feel like right. it's more exaggerated this week than others. Well, this week, especially coming off of the West Coast swing, I know we were in Florida last week too, but but new we're we're recently moving from the West Coast to the East Coast, and to me, there's a couple reasons why the ball strikers have an advantage in Florida, and I think what we saw this week on the West Coast swing, at least in the California, the couple of California courses, except the Amex, the short game took a real important. Um, it, it was short game was extremely important. And the reason for that, in my opinion, is one, when you miss in at, say, Genesis at Riviera or at the farmers, it's typically not into penalty areas. So you have an opportunity to scramble from tree from behind trees, lightly tree line courses, thick, rough and really slopey greens. When you come to Florida, you have to avoid penalty areas. So having control of your shot shape is critical. You have wind. Again, having control of your shot shape is critical. And then the greens are smoother and flatter. They, they also they have much less break. So a guy like a Rory McIlroy uh, can have uh, and tends to have more success putting on the greens in Florida than he does on the greens in um, in the, on the West Coast. And at the same time, his ball striking is so good. So basically, that's kind of why ball striking takes such a precedent down here. I love it. I absolutely love it. Also, I've got an announcement here. A new podcast is joining the family for years. Fantasy Baseball Today has been delivering league-winning analysis and advice as part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. And now the team is coming at you with a brand new feed. But don't worry, the old one will stay the same. The new Fantasy Baseball Today in 5 podcast is your audio outlet for fantasy news and advice in, how about this, five minutes or fewer. It'll feature familiar your voices like Frank Stample, Scott White, and Chris Towers as they break down what matters most to help you win your league in a quick hitting format. It's available first thing in the morning, Monday through Friday. You can download and subscribe to Fantasy Baseball Today in five on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, your smart speakers, and anywhere else podcasts are found. Greg, was it you that told me you can change the name of your smart speaker? Was it you that was telling me that? Yeah, um, my sister, <laughs> and forgive me for saying the name, but my sister's name is Alexa. So yeah. in my, in our house, if you're using that term, oh yeah, Alexa's coming into town this week. Uh, it's bad. It, it happens all the time. So, um, so you we changed ours to. Uh, well, I'm not going to say it out loud, but it's spelled E C H O. Echo. It's a uh, it, yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. I, I can't say it. I can't say it out loud here because otherwise you'll get uh, some strange noises coming through my mic. There you go. Come come for the DFS analysis. Stay for the smart speaker information. Uh, the $10,000 range, gentlemen, is made up of five golfers led by the favorite, Rory McIlroy at 11500 Big Beefy Bryson, 11000 flat. Victor Hovland, who is just... This guy might be straight vibe. and might have to get that name from uh, Daniel Berger. 10,600. Patrick Reed, 10,002. And our defending champion, Sia, $10,000. Terrell Hatton is there. That rounds out the $10,000 range. Who do you like? Who don't you like? Yeah, this is different from last week because there was definitely a couple guys in the elite range I just flat out didn't like. Actually, Roy was kind of one of them, but it was also Justin Thomas. Uh, I didn't really like DJ much either last week because of his price. And so that's sort of the argument I'm going to put forward for Rory. I do like him, but I just think 11500 might be a little bit too much for me. I might just have him in a lineup or two, but he's definitely not a guy I'm going to lean on. Bryson's really coming around, I think. He's very risky. I mean, it's definitely high risk, high reward. But his track record here is very good. A fourth, a 46th, and a second in his last three. So I think I'm going to be looking at Bryson. I mean, what can we say about Victor Hovland, right? We, we have been talking about him, you know, for so long, and he just keeps paying his price off. I, I wonder, are we going to the well too much here? I mean, is there going to be a, a tournament where Victor Hovland is just going to have a bad tournament? 
I don't think so. So I like Hovland too. And of course, I like the defending champion Terrell Hatton. If I had to rank the three that I like, I'd probably go with Hovland, then Terrell Hatton, then Bryson DeChambeau. Mm, interesting. There's there's a lot to dissect here in the 10K range, Greg. And I want to talk about Rory McIlroy first because we are now basically a year into him being a pedestrian or a, or a tour average player with his irons, with his approach game. We are a year into this. Um, before, so going back to last year's, last year's Arnold Palmer, he was routinely gaining somewhere between four and six strokes uh, on approach over the course of a tournament. That is something he has done like twice since then, and he's routinely hovering around zero. I mean, I've been waiting for the switch to kind of get flipped here on Roy McElroy, and I, I've yet to see it. it it's uh it's frustrating. It's honestly as a as a fan of the game, it's frustrating because you yeah. know that the talent is there and you're just you're waiting. You're stuck waiting. That's where I am. And so the biggest problem that I have with Rory is I don't trust him on Sunday. There's a couple metrics. The iron play is really concerning uh, and the putting is really concerning. Both of those things bother me. They, I don't, I don't prefer those things, especially for the favorite, the highest priced player in the field. And, and then come Sunday, it's like last week he gets himself in the mix. He's right there and he can't get any momentum going on Sunday. It's been happening for a long time. So, I mean, even when he was going through that stretch where he was finishing in the top five every week, it seemed like every week we had a a moment where Rory should win this tournament and he, and he didn't, he would shoot 71 on Sunday, 70 on Sunday, 72 on Sunday. And it's, it's frustrating. So I don't necessarily trust him enough to play him. Although I do think because of what we kind of outlined earlier is putting may be helped a little bit this week. Um, cause the, the greens get a little flatter, a little, little truer. Um, so I do think that helps, but I just, I'm having a hard time trusting him. And, and this board okay. is really, it's really interesting to me because Bryson, it's been a little up and down and I get the feeling that one of these days he's going to snap out of it. And all of a sudden, he's going to put it all together and play great. But Florida's a, it, it's tough for his model in Florida because it's when you're trying to hit it as far as he does, the trouble is it's so penal you can end up shooting a 77 like he did. You can shoot 64. You can have great rounds. But the, high round, the, the uh, ceiling for him as far as score, it goes way up, which is a little concerning. So when I look at this, Hovland's the guy that jumps off the page to me. I just wonder if there's a bad week coming. So now after that, I'm I'm kind of chipped down all the way to uh, all the way down to Patrick Reed, who I mm. think I I like this week only because he's swinging so well. He, his swing looks really simple, and I think he's a better ball striker today than his stats will show. He certainly has been playing well. He added another top 10 finish last week at the WGC Workday. I do want to mine into Bryson just a hair more here, Sia, because there is kind of this idea that he's inconsistent, which I don't necessarily disagree with. But looking at what he did last week at Workday, finished 22nd in the tournament, but 7th in DraftKings points, which I think speaks to... A lot of the upside, a lot of his ability to get hot in the middle of a round, get those birdie streaks up, potentially make an eagle once a week, things like that 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 are more impactful in fantasy scoring than they are on the actual PGA Tour leaderboard. So I'm kind of wrestling with this consistent sla- consistency or inconsistency uh, concern around Bryson. Yeah, so the problem is if he has that inconsistent moment on Thursday or Friday, then you're in trouble. But yeah, the upside is there. I mean, just yesterday, he had two eagles. You know, so he's just he's just lapping the field on some of these, you know, the birdie streaks and the eagles and, and the things that are really getting you, Let's for DraftKings purposes, the DraftKings point. So I understand the appeal, and that's why I'm going to have him. But it's just one of those things, especially when you have a guy like Bryson who might just for lack of a better term, go for it here and there. And you have all these water hazards and all this potential trouble. It's one of those things where it could kind of get out of hand for him potentially, but I don't think that's likely necessarily. So I, I, I absolutely see the upside and and I will be, I will have him on some of my teams for sure. Interesting. I've not decided what I'm going to do uh, with really any of these guys just yet. I'm trying to mine information here. And I want to go back to Hovland because, Greg, I think the the one like knock, uh, the, the only knock against Victor Hovland is that he can't keep this up. Right. Like that's the only that's the only knock. He's now ten thousand six hundred. I understand you're play, play, paying an inflated price tag. But I, I mean, is he is he the third best player in this field? He's being priced as if he is. 
it, is it inflated? I mean, I, I don't know. I, if I don't it know. Is inflated. He could. I, he's starting. I to just meant relative to. Just good. Yeah, I just meant relative to like what we've paid for him in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. I think he's this good. It, it's starting to catch. I do too. I mean, he pays off every week because what he does well is what leads to consistent play. Right. This is the, the what the maybe the best driver in the field every week. We wonder is uh, he's he's going to be a top ten driver of the golf ball almost every single week, and that's the most consistent element of the game. Great drivers tend to be great drivers every week, uh, for the most part. It, it's very it, it's the least volatile of all the areas. His iron play is a I would say probably a top twenty week in and week out. Last week it was. A, I think he was third uh, approaching the green last week. So it's clearly in great form. So that has a good chance of sustaining. And then he's really improved the short game and it comes down to, to the putting. I just, I wonder, I mean, it's a close to unprecedented streak and I get a feeling where he's either on the way he's headed toward a miscut or he's headed toward a win. And I don't know what's going to come first. So, I mean, I guess the philosophy for me this year has been play the guys that are hot. Um, which I guess it kind of has been every year, but just stick with it. Don't overthink it. So I say play Hovland. All right. If I say play Hovland, says Greg, uh, and I don't necessarily disagree. I think that's a good play. Uh, $9,000 range kicked off by Matthew Fitzpatrick at $9,800. Sung J M $9,700. Hideki Matsuyama, $94. Jordan Spieth, we're going to have to talk about him, $93. Jason Day at $92. Paul Casey at $9,100. And Tommy Fleetwood rounds out this range at a flat $9,000. See Let's kick it over to you. And I assume we're going to need to talk about Sung J here. Yeah, I was going to lead with him. I mean, first of all, <laughs> let's talk about his track record. The last two years, his third place finishes. He's great with the irons. He's great with the long irons. I, I just don't really see an argument against him. In fact, just like last week, I really think you can start your teams in this range. I like Sungjae. I like Matthew Fitzpatrick. I like Paul Casey. Those are probably my top three in this range. And I, if you started your team with Matthew Fitzpatrick and Sungjae M and just skipped the guys above... I'd have no issue with that. And by the way, if you did that last week, you were probably in really good shape because a lot of those 9K guys, and, and I know Greg was talking about it uh, as well last week. I mean, there was nothing not to like in the 9K range last week. And, and with respect to Matthew Fitzpatrick, Sung J.M., I, I love them both. Let me add a little context to Sung J.M., who in the last six years, uh, nobody has been better during the Florida swing. He's played 27 rounds in the Florida swing. He's gained strokes in 22 of them. Uh, he's averaging nearly two strokes per round during this time of year, and nobody in this field can better that. So, Greg, I turn this to you, and I'm looking at the $9,000 range, and I see Sung J.M. there, and I assume he's going to be fairly popular. Is there anybody else in this 9K range that we should be considering? Well, one guy is Paul Casey, who I think is in really nice form uh, and has taken a little bit of time off and is a an excellent ball striker. He's hitting the ball especially well right now. So I, I look at Paul Casey as a guy, even though his record here is only so-so, he does have a tied ninth here, um, but it's not a great record overall. But he's in, in really good form after, um, I, I mean, you think about what he's done in the calendar year, and he's eighth at the American Express. He won the Omega Dubai Desert Classic, 12th at the Saudi International, and fifth uh, at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So I, I combine that recent form with his uh, his fingerprint as a player being a, a stellar tee to green guy, and I think you're going to see a, a really nice week out of out of Paul Casey. Um, and, and then, you know, Hideki Matsuyama jumps off the page as a ball striker, but I'm I'm not really sold on him. I don't think he's in great form right now. I don't think he's flying on all cylinders. So I I, I like I like Sung J M a lot at the top, but I really like the bottom of this range with Casey and Fleetwood. I, I think Fleetwood is kind of due for a really nice week. It's a course he's contended at in the past. He was the uh, 36-hole leader, not last year, but the year before, before a really tough round on Saturday. But I, I think um, I, I think Paul Casey and Tommy Fleetwood are my two favorites other than Sung J in this range. The interesting thing about Casey and Fleetwood is that a lot of their recent results, most people aren't going to know about, which is the stuff they've done on the European tour. They've both played pretty well over the past two months on on that side of the pond as well. Uh, Jordan Spieth is here, Sia. He's $9,300. Uh, I'll be very clear that I am bullish on Jordan Spieth, uh, considering his three consecutive top 15 finishes. I think it's real. I think that he is in a really good spot. I just don't, I do not like him at Bay Hill. I'm just really concerned that, I mean, here's he ranks 191st 
first and strokes gained off the tees, 226 in driving accuracy. We've sp- seen him, even during his successes, Sia, spray it all over the yard. That seems like a recipe for disaster at Bay Hill. Yeah, I mean, cosine, you said it at the at the start of the show, and you just said it now. Off the tee is a really important stat here, more important here than most other courses on the PGA Tour. I don't want to have Jordan Spieth here. I mean, for for that reason, you guys know I've been off Jordan Spieth for quite some time, and, and to my detriment, detriment the last month or so, but yeah, I'm I'm not interested. I, there's so many there's so many better ball strikers here in this range. I'll pay down for Casey. I'll take a shot on Fleetwood. I'll pay up for Sung JM and Matthew Fitzpatrick way before I get to Jordan Spieth. Uh, Greg, I'd like to get your thoughts on Spieth here if they are if they're different from what we are thinking. And I also want to ask you if you think uh, there's some some credence into starting our lineups here in the nine thousand dollar range. Uh if you're if you really like Sung Jay, I think it's a very feasible option. I'm not particularly okay. excited about starting it with Matthew Fitzpatrick. I think he's no. kind of a, a like a secondary option. He is a and this is no discredit to him. He performs really well, especially on difficult golf courses. He played great here last year, uh, and and he's in really solid form uh, the last three weeks. Again, all, all also all difficult golf courses. So Fitzpatrick, I think, is a really nice player and a really nice fit here. But I'm just not comfortable starting my lineup with him. I feel like the win, the chances of him winning the tournament are really low. So possibly Sung J M, but I I have a feeling you're going to be able to jump up into the um, into the 10K range and kind of on the lower end of the 10K range with like a, a Victor. I'm much more comfortable starting a lineup with a Victor Hovland um, yeah. or, or a, a Tyrrell Hatton at that point or a Patrick Reed. I think those guys have a greater chance of winning than Matthew Fitzpatrick. Sung Jay, I suppose you could do that, but it's kind of a, you know, I mean, you're, you're fading a lot of talented players. It's just that they're priced a little higher than. So I guess I'm on the fence, but I would lean towards no. Okay. Um, and Jordan Spieth, are you in or you out? I'm out on Jordan. It's all those, It's all the same reasons. You guys have it figured yeah. out here. This is a driver's golf course. He doesn't have length and he doesn't have accuracy. And so the Florida golf does not lend itself to scrambling, uh, especially when it comes to scrambling and recovery shots after errant tee shots. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a, a no-go on Jordan this week. I am a yes on him for the year, but, but not this week. There is a ton of really good course history in the $8,000 range, and we're going to get there. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
And we're back. $8,000 led by Billy Horschel in contention all week long last week. It goes down to Kevin Na and Kevin Kisner. Some of the course history that I'm referring to, gentlemen, is Francesco Molinari. He's won this event. Uh, Mark Leishman is... Why can't I find Mark Leishman? Oh, $8,200. He has won this event. So, Sia, are either of those two past winners interesting you, or would you prefer to pivot to someone else in this range? Yeah, I think I'd prefer to pivot. I mean, not only did Francesco win last year, but his last four here have been really good. With that said, I don't know that I've fully come around to Francesco Molinari. I'd rather pivot to guys, in, and I, I hate to do this because I think course experience here matters a little bit, but the guys that I think have more upside and that are really striking the ball well, Will Zalatoris and Sam Burns. I mean, I like them both. I'm not in love with this 8K range. I think my, my third place would probably be Louis, even though his course history here isn't very good. But I just think, listen, Zalatoris was, was kind of average last week, but he's still a great ball striker. I don't like the lack of course experience, but again, off the tee, on approach, I think Will Zalatoris is the guy. And I just like Sam Burns' upside. I think he's going to be really popular in DFS. So for me, I'm going to have to evaluate that number and, and see if it's really kind of worth it to join the field, if you will, and, and jump on Sam Burns. But listen, Sam Burns played really well a couple weeks ago, and, and I think he has the upside to win a tournament that isn't completely stacked at the top. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of talent in that elite tier, just like Greg said, but this isn't the talent we saw last week. So it's certainly possible that a 9K guy or an 8K guy could jump up there and steal this tournament. Okay, Greg, that's interesting uh, because I'm probably more bullish than Sia on Francesco Molinari, who has three top tens yeah. in his four starts this season. I think this is I, – I don't I don't have to think this is a good spot for him. He's played great here in the in the past. I, I know this is a good spot for him. So I'm probably a bit more bullish on, on Molinari. So I want to get your thoughts on him and Leishman who uh, – let's be real. Leishman after the restart was statistically one of the worst players on the PGA Tour last year. Now he has started to put it together a little bit more. The irons have come back. The off-the-tee game scares me just a little bit but hey it, you can rekindle a lot of magic at a place that you've won before yeah it, absolutely so i'll start with leishman i'm i i kind of have some concerns with him i feel a little uh queasy going with the, with mark <laughs> leishman just because the the off the tee game is so sporadic you think of the farmers insurance open last year where he wins he gets three fairways on sunday and we're all saying yeah. going in you got to hit fair you got to drive it in the fairway the rough's long the rough blah 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 and and he just so i don't trust that that style here even though he's very comfortable on the course and that can rekindle magic as he said i'm going to miss out on a successful mark leishman week but i'm not going to miss out on a good francesco molinari week i, I expect him uh, to play great. I think last year was a year where he played in 2020. He played six times. I, I believe he missed three of the cuts. It was, it was real or four of the cuts even. Uh, it was really ugly last year. And that came off of a difficult second portion of the year in 19. He, he, he joined a new equipment company. He was a free agent. Then he signed a deal. I think it was with Callaway and he, he won the API and then he nearly, I would say should have won the masters. And then after that, it was a brutal rest of the year. Did play well in a couple of the majors um, following the Masters, but it was a it was a brutal year. And then 2020 kind of took it off. So we've we haven't seen him in a long time. But I'm getting the sense that he's coming back to form. He's coming back to 2018, five and zero Ryder Cup Open champion. Uh, Should have won the Masters, kind of Francesco Molinari, and that's what we're seeing with his tee to green play. Uh, with the exception of one bad swing on uh, number one at Pebble Beach. But I, I don't foresee that <laughs> happening again. I, I don't think you're going to get a top out of Francesco Molinari. So I'm I'm playing him all day. That's one of my top five uh, favorite shots of the year thus yeah. far. Yeah. Um, also, okay, did you get? Did you guys see this stat? So since since this became the Arnold Palmer Invitational, there there's this is uh, this will be the fifteenth year. So we've had fourteen years since it's been named this. It used to be named the Bay Hill Invitational. Uh, there have only been two American winners in the last fourteen years. They are, of course, Tiger Woods and Greg. I know you know the other one. Oh um, man, I oh, I, thought I was gonna say Tiger Woods. <laughs> oh, I thought you were leaving <laughs> it to tell me the other. Okay, so so Matt Every is the other. Oh, of course. He's won twice. Now, yeah. Well, that's that's the little trick in this is those guys combined have won six of them. So it sounds like there's <laughs> it sounds like there's only two Americans that have won this, but they combined have won this six we times. We talked about that <laughs> yesterday. We talked about Matt every yeah. last night. Yeah. Kyle brought him up. I should have I should have had that. 
the other thing here, and see, I want to direct this uh, towards you because there's a lot of great, you know, international players in this range. And I was looking at the data since the start of the new year, which is admittedly a very, very small sample size. Most most guys have 10 to 20 measured rounds since the start of the new year. Well, there are three golfers who are averaging two or more strokes gained per round. And one of them is in this $8,000 range, and it's Louis Oosthuizen, who uh, doesn't play often, but seemingly when he does, plays really, really well. Yeah, I like Louis. In fact, uh, I think we talked about Louis last week, too. And, and, and at a more difficult golf course, I think Louis is going to shine. Um, he's, he's good enough off the tee, and, and when he's dialed in, the approach game is there. So putting is good. He can get hot with the putter. Uh, I don't have a problem. And obviously sixth last week, he was 11th before that, 29th before that. So Louis in a nice little zone. And, and I don't think he gets the attention he deserves, mostly because people think he's too high of a price. Just like last week in that packed field, he was 7,900. And I just don't think people wanted to pay 7,900 for Louis. In this case, he's 8,800. It seems kind of high, but he also seems like a smart play because people will think that's high and they'll probably go down to the Willie Z's or the Sam Burns or the Mark Leishman's of the world. Or of well, he's kind Francesco of Molinari. Yeah, and he's and he's priced in a way where you either you could spend a hundred dollars more for a guy who finished second last week in Billy Horschel, or you can get the course history Molinari or the young stud Wills out. He's just priced in a range where people probably overlook him a little bit. Um, Greg, before I bop us down to the seven K range, is there anybody else in the eight K range that we need to spend a little oxygen on? Well, I would like to say um, when when with Sia brought up Sam Burns, I think he's a great play. I think you got to go with guys that are hitting the ball well and guys that play well in Florida. And I was reading a little article. I think it was Justin Ray. Um, I believe not that we ever mentioned him on this podcast, <laughs> but uh, he was writing an article about the best putters in Florida, and Sam Burns was was one of them. So he has had, and I forget the number exactly off the top of my head, but Sam Burns is an excellent player in Florida. So I definitely am, am looking at him um, in a positive light. Kevin Kisner surprised me with an 80 last time. So I, I think uh, he, he shot, I think, 68, 80 um, it, last week. And I think you might see Kevin Kisner pop up. But I have some concerns. I have some doubts about his driving ability. And um, and, and I'm a, a little bit of fearful of some of the big numbers getting him. And he does rely so much on the putter. So I think you might see a Kevin Kisner, uh, see his name pop up. But I think I'm still going gonna, gonna to fade him in total. I don't know if this is the stat that Justin Ray had, but let me back you up with a little Sam Burns putting stat here, Greg. So since the start of 2015 on Bermuda grass, Sam Burns is averaging three quarters of a stroke gained putting uh, per round, which is second to only Denny McCarthy, who if you're Greg, if you're second to only Denny McCarthy in putting stats, you're doing a hell of a job. Yeah, I mean, you may as well be the uh, the best putter on tour because I mean, Danny McCarthy's yeah. locked in that spot. So yeah. when when you're looking at strokes game putting, you're, it's Danny McCarthy and everybody else competing for second. You, but you're pretty much first, right? Because we know Danny McCarthy's probably not going to make the cut. <laughs> That's true. Danny McCarthy's sixty two hundred dollars this week and and has uh, really struggled as of late. He's missed three yeah. consecutive, but it, it's yeah. So so well, we're big Danny he, fans here. A process of elimination via Sia says that uh, Sam is actually the best. Then, <laughs> my <laughs> apologies to Denny McCarthy. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's okay, Denny. We hope you hope hope you play well this week. Seven thousand dollar range. This is your big boy range. This has always got a bunch of golfers in it. The top end looks like Cameron Davis, Taylor Gooch, Justin Rose, Ricky Fowler. That's kind of an interesting set of names. And then it goes down to the uh, $7,000 number, which is Chris Kirk, Henrik Stenson, JT Post, and Keegan Bradley. Sia, we'll start here with you. The $7,000 range is large. You had to parse through it. After you've done that, what did you find? It's so large, and it's filled with a lot of guys I like, which is dangerous, especially as you get down to the low 7K range where you know your guys are right on that fringe, no pun intended, of missing or making the cut. Um Let's start with Cam Davis. I mean, I just think he he fits so well here. The ball striking is there. He's long off the tee. Um, he's If it gets windy, he's probably going to be okay because of his background. Going down, I know this is a guy you like. Um, Rick, I know this is a guy you like. Taylor Gooch. I mean, I'm not usually on Taylor Gooch, but he's been hitting the ball well. His track record here is actually quite good. As I go down the list, I like Henrik Norlander again. I, I'm usually on the Henrik Norlander train. I think he's a really good value here at his price. Speaking of, I like Emiliano Grillo as well. We're talking about good ball strikers, and, and Grillo certainly fits that that bill. 
Gooch does uh, one of one of the things I really like is when guys gain strokes in all four categories. Taylor Gooch has done that this year. Taylor Gooch also, while you could argue faltered a little bit on Sunday at Riviera played well enough to earn himself a top 15. That's going to be a great finish no matter what. And then, yes, you are right. I believe his two finishes are a 13th and a 26th in the two times that he's been to Bay Hill. So Gooch certainly has my endorsement. Greg, I look at the seven K range and I see, I see Cameron Davis. I see names like Justin Rose, like Ricky Fowler. I'm not sure what I should be doing with these guys or anybody else in the seven K range. Yeah. Those are guys I'm, I'm, uh, I'm scrolling right by. I'm not okay. looking at any Ricky Fowler, and I'm not looking at any Justin Rose. Um, I, I mean, Justin Rose doesn't seem to have any legs to stand on right now. For a guy who has been, for the most most of his career, an elite driver of the ball and iron play, like a great ball striker, one of the top 10 ball strikers in the game for probably 10 years. And all of a sudden, it kind of switched um, in 2019 he, he really, well, it started in 18. He really improved his short game and his putting. And he became like a short game wizard, which was a nice transformation to see, except he lost the ball striking. And now he seems to have lost both. So I'm, I'm out on Justin Rose. Um, he, he split with Sean Foley. And I, I really think they should get back together. Um, <laughs> he had so much success with him. And I, I, I think COVID got, made him leave and he just thought hey i I can do this on my own and i I think he's uh gonna he's learning the value of of a sean foley in that relationship so um i'm out on him i'm out on ricky at this point there are a couple guys i'm in on lonto griffin keeps paying the bills uh he he continues to impress he's a great iron player um and and he's a great putter which i think is is really nice he's just he's a safe play and we talk about him Mm -hmm. every week because he's constantly priced in a a very affordable range now this is maybe a thousand dollars higher than you'd like to pay for him you like when he's in the 6k range i know you do rick so (laughs) that's right i'm uh i'm i'm lukewarm on him i think he could be a really safe option if you take some other risks in other areas in your lineup Uh, a couple other guys that sia mentioned would be like like grillo i like i have a hard time trusting the guy as good a ball striker as he is i just i i always feel like he lets me down maybe that's just personal so the ball striker in this range that i really like is Corey connors and i think yes. Corey connors is a guy that you could see have just a, a great week so uh, grillo and Corey connors to me are very similar players they uh i put them on a very similar level and maybe this is just a personal vendetta here but i'm going with connors over grillo in in that range and then i'm i second see a wholeheartedly on on norlander so those I, I would say are my three guys I was, I'm so glad we got to Corey Connors because I was just firing up my Corey Connors rant, which looks something like this. The guy is 14th in strokes gained off the tee. He's 42nd in approach. Excellent. Inside the top 45 in both of those categories. He is a terrible putter. He is terrible around the greens. We all know that. If there was ever a place to play the Corey Connors of the world, and specifically Corey Connors, it is at Bay Hill. I'm glad you finally brought it up, Greg. And actually, his results have been pretty good. I think he missed the cut at Riviera, but before that, he had rattled off like seven top 25s in eight starts or something like that. Like He's been a lot better than you'd expect yeah oh, i just uh hang on one i just here it is i have it right here i have his results right here yeah he was going back to even last year he had back-to-back top tens including the masters and the rsm right. and then he was tied 17th at waste management and shot 72 71 at genesis which again uh, that course is so short game is so important so it's <laughs> and putting, which is where he lacks. So it's not surprising. The one concern on him, and the reason for the price being where it is, is he's uh, he's he's never broken seventy here, and he in the two he's played four rounds here, two years. He's missed the cut both years, so that's a little bit of a concern. But I think he could bounce back from that. Don't let those small details uh, bog you down. <laughs> that he don't that he's played ter- terrible here. <laughs> don't don't worry about that. Um, okay, there's uh, there's so many. I, I want to. I'm gonna circle back one more time, Sia, because I I think the only other name that I need to force into this conversation is is probably Cameron Tringale, who is just much improved over the course of the last 18 months. We've seen a combination of uh, his high floor, which is right now where we're in the stretch of seven consecutive cuts, six of them resulting in top 30s, and he's flashed a hair of upside at Pebble Beach top. 10 there rsm classic top 10 there is there anyone else in this 7k range that we we should not move on before we talk about 
Yeah, first of all, I like Tringali. I also really like uh, Lanto Griffin. I'm sorry I didn't mention him myself. Uh, yeah, there's another guy. He kind of broke my heart at the Genesis at Riviera. Uh, his name is Luke List. He just mm. missed the cut. I think it was on 17. He, he shot a double bogey and missed the cut right on the number. But Luke List, his track record here, he didn't play in 2020. In 2019, 10th, 2018, 7th, 2017, 17th. And before that miscut at Genesis, 30th, 10th, 21st. You know he has the length. The ball striking is there. You know he has the length off the tee. He's been good on approach. I mean, the putter's going to get in his way, but that's, you know, half this field. So, again, we're looking for maybe some some Morikawa-type regression there. But I think Luke List is a smart play at that price. 7200 on DraftKings, that's, that's a pretty low price for a guy that has upside. There's a there's a lot of team no putt in this range. You got like <laughs> a, like Keegan Bradley and Ben on. Uh, you got Siwoo Kim. You got you got a lot of guys that are just very solid ball strikers that struggle with the putting, and it it feels like a little bit of a coin flip on which one you're going to go with. And and for the record, Ben on is good on Bermuda. So if again if there if there was a a place to take Ben on and trust the putter to some degree, it, it would be here. I I agree with you. Uh, Benny on on Bermuda in the last six years, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He's like 11th in this field, which is obviously much wow. better than actually, sorry, scratch that. I was looking at ball striking, which makes a lot more sense. <laughs> um, still excellent. Wow. That, he's that's still hilarious. better than average. Sorry. I almost just crowns Benny on the king of putting <laughs> on Bermuda, but that is one of his better splits. So, so C is absolutely right. There is a, there, speaking of coin flips, there is a good, uh, a question in the chat here, and and I want to get your guys' opinion on this. So it says either Paul Casey and Henrik Norlander, or Will Zalatoris, and I assume this is Cam Davis. See, we'll start with you, Zalatoris and Davis, or Casey and Norlander. I'm going to go with Casey and Norlander, uh, just because I, I think they have a little bit more experience. That's going to break some ties for me. Um, so I like Zalatoris and Davis, but but I like Casey Norlander way better. Uh, Greg, I'm a sucker for Zalatoris and Davis, so you get to break the tie. Oh, that it's a really good question. I don't. First of all, I don't think you can go wrong. I think they're both really solid options. I think I'm leaning a little more towards Norlander than Davis. Uh, so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Casey and Norlander. There you go, Casey and Norlander. Two to one gets our nod here. The six thousand dollar range. So if you're trying to get the Rory McIlroy's, the Bryson DeChambeau's into your lineup, you might need to get into the six K range, which starts with Brendan Steele, Eric Van Ruin. Matt Wallace, Matt Neesmith, Zach Johnson. It goes all the way down. Who's min price this week? Tyler Duncan, Tim Heron, Rod Perry, Rob Strep. Rob Strep won a golf tournament, didn't he, like eight weeks yeah. ago? And Tyler Duncan <laughs> won like a year and a half ago. And Tyler yeah. Duncan's been kind of good lately, too. He's He's been there on Saturdays and Fridays. He's doing it. Uh, even Matt Every, who has missed however many cuts in a row, is 6,100. So he gets the, the $100... Uh, hundred dollar bump but uh greg we'll start with you here the six thousand dollar range you're spending your hard-earned money here where are you going i'm going with neesmith um mm -hmm. he's been hitting the ball great the recent four, i mean it almost makes me wonder if there's an error here so he <laughs> was at the waste management he was seventh he was 16th at the at&t pebble beach pro-am and 20th at the genesis I, I i think this is a guy in really good form who's starting to gather some confidence you know there's on the PGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour players have started to have a lot of success right when they come out. The Scotty Schefflers, the Sung JMs, uh, the Wills Alatoris, players like that. Well, Matthew Neesmith won the regular season the year Scotty Scheffler was on the Corn Ferry Tour. Scotty Scheffler won the, um, the Corn Ferry Tour finals. And it just took Neesmith like a year to kind of get himself settled on the PGA Tour. And I think he has the ability of a Scotty Scheffler. He has the ability of a guy like Will Zalatoris. We just haven't seen it yet. So I think this is a great value, and he's my favorite play in the 6K range. He's ninth on tour in strokes gained approach. He hits more greens in regulation than anyone, and he's coming off three consecutive top 20 finishes. So Matthew Neesmith has everything going in his direction. See at the 6K range. Who speaks to you? Yeah, I like Neesmith quite a bit. And by the way, speaking of pricing, I'm pretty sure at Genesis, which was a more talented field, I guess you guys would agree with me there, he was 6,900 there too on DraftKings. So they didn't bump him up at all, which I think is super interesting. At least give him like 7,100. So yeah, I think you're definitely getting value there. Um, Cam Percy, he, he's the guy, if you guys remember, I, I picked in Puerto Rico last week and he was he was mm -hmm. up there, um, I think uh, Saturday. Seventh? I think so. He's coming seventh? Yeah. Yeah. Good, great. It, 
Yeah, yeah, I think Saturday he might have he might have caught the leader and was tied for the lead for for a second. But Cam Percy, l- listen, he's he's just been good lately. I mean, his, his I don't see any history here, but seventh at Puerto Rico, twenty first at the AT and T, forty eighth at the Farmers. That's not great, but it's not terrible. He's been great on approach. Um, he's been good, at least solid off the tee. I think Cam Percy is a strong play at a, at a $6,500 price. Um, other guys, you know, John Ha is interesting here. I think Matthew Wallace is interesting. I, I think I prefer Matthew Wallace more in a showdown slate than I do over four rounds because he typically will give you that blow-up round. But uh, that's that's pretty much all I see here that I like. I don't think I'm going to be on Harold Varner. Um, that's something I'm going to debate with myself over the next few days. Well- let me put a bow on Neesmith here, Greg, before I pitch this yeah. back to you. So here, here's the last three for Neesmith where he's capped uh, top 25s in all of them. He was 6,500 at the waste management. He was 2.5% owned. He was $8,000 at Pebble. He was 10.5% owned. And you are correct, Sia. He was 6,900 at Riviera. He was 6% owned. All of those resulted in top 20 finishes. So, Greg, I want to kick this back to you, and I also want to make sure I get your opinion on uh, Brendan Steele, who th- th- I'm, I'm I'm very much torn on Brendan Steele right now because he is historically a very good ball striker, although he has lost strokes on approach in each of his last two starts. And part of me says, well, that's terrifying. That is scary. But then I look at that and say, well, he still made the cut. And usually if you lose strokes on approach uh, in a cut event, like you are, you're, you're done. Like it's, it's, you're not going to be around to make the weekend. So I'm kind of torn on him. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, Rick. I, I would say um, you got to go with your gut here, and you got to go with the recent form, right? What, where this guy's a really good ball striker who's really struggling, and when you look at what he's done at this golf course, he's got a tied 17th as his best finish and another T20. Um, but but he's missed the cut here three times. He's made the cut five times. I don't see enough there to say, like, Leishman's going to a happy hunting ground where you don't like his metrics, you don't like the way he's hitting the ball, but he's played great here, so there's a chance of a turnaround. I don't see that happening with um, with Brendan Steele, so uh, right. it worries me. Maybe if it gets really windy, if the forecast says hey, we're going to have really high winds, I think you could. Um, I think you could do pretty well with a Brendan Steele. But otherwise, I tend to stay away from him. Interesting. Okay, so who else in this 6K range might move the needle for you? Uh, Kyle Stanley, is he's an ultra, ultra safe pick, um, which is sometimes what you're looking for down here. If you take some risk uh, in, in your higher areas, I, I, think, um, I think he could be a really good option. He's finished in his last recent events. He was 32nd at the American Express, 18th at the Farmer's. 36 at the waste management, 39th at Pebble, 32nd at the Genesis. It's like this boring <laughs> kind of finishes where everything just creeps along. But he is a ball striker, right? He's a guy that hits a lot of fairways. He's a guy that hits a lot of greens. And he's a guy that struggles with the putting a little bit. So when you see him making the cuts at those West Coast events where it's really important to, um, to, to get up and down, to scramble, to make putts, and he's getting it done with ball striking, I think he could have a, a, an uptick this week. Now, are you, is he going to win? No, he's not. Um, a great week for him is probably, uh, probably like T12, and that, that would be a really yeah. good week. But a bad week, I think, would be a T45 or something. So I think you can get a cut out of I, I think you'll, I can confidently say you'll get a made cut out of Kyle Stanley. And Rick, can I just point out one other guy that as I'm looking at this, I'm, I'm kind of, it's kind of slapping me in the face. Tom Hogan, 6,500. He's got a really good history here. 15th, 26th over the last three years. He didn't play in 2019. You know, he's, he's made his last two cuts after missing a ton of cuts in a row. And he actually rates out way better than you think, or way better than most people think, at that sort of long distance approach range, 175 to 200, 200 plus. So I think Hogue is, is, is a pretty smart play at that price. And I'm looking, you know, K.H. Lee is down here at 6,300. He barely made the cut at Genesis, but we know he has some upside there. And then, you know, Roy Sabatini's buried down there, too. Maybe not as good of an option, but I, I like that, too. Let me tell you, barely making the cut is much better than not making the cut. Uh, last time I checked. So we'll certainly take that for most of the guys here in the $6,000 range. Anybody else? Going once, going twice. Anybody want to hop in? 
No, I think I'm covered. Well, I can give you a concern. One concern I have with KH Lee, I'm wondering if if you guys agree with me here. But he, like, I liked him at Riviera. I think he's done really well um, on the West Coast a couple of times, like waste management, and he has a nice history at Riv. But he does it largely with short game. So I just, I worry about his tee to green game coming over here to to the API. But I think he's a really talented player and a guy to watch. I just, I worry about him this week. I worry a bit too, but uh, hey, we're throwing darts down in the $6,000 range. Uh, All right, pick to win. See ya. Who wins the 2021 Arnold Palmer Invitational on a Monday afternoon? You got to tell me who wins this golf tournament. I can't believe I'm saying this, but the answer, of course, is Sung J M. Wow, I would be so happy about that. Do you think do you think if Sung Jay wins, I could sell uh that Sung J M signed shoe for a premium because now he's a two-time winner on the PGA tour? Rick, we found out last week you can sell anything. <laughs> I was literally I was when he was T2 at the Masters, I was getting that thing up on eBay, like just one Dustin Johnson collapse away from me selling this shoe for a million dollars. Never happened. Maybe next time. Uh Greg Ducharme, Arnold Palmer Invitational. Who wins it? Oh, man. I think Patrick Reed is going to win mm. this week. I know he doesn't fit in my my mold, like my style for this week is, is great drivers and great iron players. But I just I was watching him swing last week, and I think it's really strong, really strong. Yeah, he worries me as well. Um, I, I, I've been early. I've been a week early a lot this year. So I'm, I'm just going to. I'm just going to fix this right now. Uh, I'm just going to go back to Terrell Hatton and say, okay, Terrell Hatton, obviously this guy can uh, – I'm I'm reading Jacob's text in the chat, which is calling me a very good guy for buying a shoe from a charity and trying to flip it for profit, which is exactly what I'm trying to to do. That's so funny. Um, But Terrell Hatton obviously fits well for – Bay Hill. Uh, the game is, I think, much stronger than people realize, especially with the the European tour stuff. So uh, I'm early, and I'm not going to make the same mistake. I'm just going to double down. See what happens. I think I love are we making a, Are we making a huge mistake here? Not going with Victor Hovland. None of the three of us go with Hovland. It, it's weird, right? Like, like it's almost like you don't get any credit for the guy who's probably the best player in the field winning the golf tournament. Like if you pick him, like we would have, we would have said, Oh, great, great, brave, brave. How brave of you, Greg, for picking Victor Hovland. That's, that's, that's the psychological effect. The question is having on me because I do, I I do agree that Hovland is probably the best guy in this field. If we're, if we're judging it by consistency and upside, I think Hovland is the guy. We got a bunch of, we're a bunch of William Wallace's here. We got to be brave. (laughs) We got to be brave. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday for the Megapod and back after each round, of course. So if you want to see Terrell Hatton win this golf tournament and potentially, what's he going to do, Jacob? He's going to pull out that shotgun. Boo, boo. He's going to fire back across <laughs> the pond. Our very own Kyle Porter is doing it right here on. Oh, that is so good. Look how, look how intense Kyle is on this. He closes the eye. He looks through his scope. He has this. I love wow. this so much. That's intense, isn't it? I thought that was Tyrrell Hatton. Looks just like him. Basically the same. Uh, That'll do it. I think we're done. I think we're off the rails here. That's Greg Ducharme. You can follow him on Twitter, at TheRealGFD. That is Sienna Shad. You can follow on Twitter, at Sienna Shad. Uh, Producer Jacob, thank you very much for all the hard work behind the scenes. You can find me, at Rick Rungood. This has been The First Cut. Catch you next time. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.